Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We're not going to give up. We're not going to stop looking for we're here. You're going to see us on the news until Brittany's found. After two years of dead ends in the search for missing teenager Brittany Drexel, terrifying new information is revealed to investigators. There was, there was a lot of information in there about his prior criminal history, uh, uh, psychological information, um, and I, uh, I read the file and I said, I said, wow. A man convicted of kidnapping and raping young girls was living in Georgetown all along. He comes back here after he got out of prison. It's starting again. What, that that's starting again? Was he up to his old ways? This stuff is starting again. There's some behavior that's going on, and I think you've seen it. We're following breaking news out of Georgetown County right now. You do have the right to remain silent. It involves a man named as a person of interest in the Brittany Drexel case. Anything you say can will be used against you in a court of law. Brittany was 17, a junior at Gates Chilai, when she left without her mom's permission for spring break in Myrtle Beach. Never in my wildest dreams ever thought my child would go missing, but now look where I am. It seemed inconceivable that someone could just virtually vanish walking between two hotels on a very busy strip. The people that did this are still in the community. They're bad people. Do you think he could be responsible for Brittany Drexel's disappearance? I think he could be responsible for anybody's disappearance. From the studios of WCIV ABC News 4 in Charleston, South Carolina. We'll give you a story that I don't think has really ever come out. I'm Ann Emerson, and this is Unsolved South Carolina, case file number two. To me, this is a case of that you will remember for the rest of your life, no matter what. Finding Brittany Drexel. Yeah, I'll take you right where the body is. But if I feel like you ain't been there anymore, you never get that body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a fact. A turning point in the Drexel investigation comes in 2011 when fresh eyes are brought in to look at the case. Enter Ken McKenzie. My name's James. Ken McKenzie. I re- retired from the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, commonly known as SLED. I retired from them in 2017. Before he retired, Ken was the SLED captain over criminal investigations for the Myrtle Beach and Georgetown area. Along about summer of 2010, uh, Sheriff Cribb, who's now deceased, uh, I understand he was not satisfied with the way the direction was direction of the case was going on his end in Georgetown County. So he changed investigators on the case and assigned uh, investigator Phil Hanna to the case. Phil Hanna. And Phil and I had worked several major cases together in past years. 
That's how myself and Phil Hanna became involved in the case. And along about July of 2010, which was 15 months after Brittany went missing. Ken says he and Hannah had mounds of leads to sift through. I mean, we were really behind eight ball getting in there 15 months after it happened. Um, that, that's late in a, in a missing person or a homicide case. It's beginning of 2011. Ken has an enlightening conversation with the lady who oversees the sex offender registry office. One day we spoke with the uh, sex offender register lady for Georgetown County. And uh, we were looking over a file she had and she, she pointed out Mr. Moody's and uh, Raymond Douglas Moody. And uh, Phil and I looked through the file, I read through the file and, and uh, there, were, there was a lot of information in there about his prior criminal history, uh, uh, psychological information. Um, and I, uh, I read the file and I said, I said, wow. Raymond Douglas Moody. He was in the Navy, once married and the father of three young girls in California. But Moody would spend 21 years behind bars in a California state prison after he confessed to kidnapping and raping young girls. Uh, he had seven prior convictions for basically children, abducting them off the street and, and uh, taking them to some remote location and, and raping them or whatever and all. It was a um, very, very disturbing file. And I, when I looked at that, I said, this is our, this is our man. That was the very first time, you know, he was ever on anybody's radar. So what's Moody been doing in Georgetown since prison? On June 9, 2004, Moody was granted a parole. He left his old life in California behind and would move back to Georgetown where his parents lived, where he went to school, where he grew up. His husband in prison, Ernie Merchant, would join him. My name is Ernie Merchant. I am a former romantic partner of Raymond Moody's. The convicted sex offender was released from parole on June 9, 2007. Within a year... I caught him having an affair with mm -hmm. Angel. Moody hooked up with a local woman named Angel Voss. What did Eddie think about his lover's bisexual affair with Angel? Well, not a lot. I never allowed him to touch me sexually after I found out he was having an affair with her because I thought she was pretty cheesy, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I said, and I made it to this age, you know, without any, you know, mm -hmm. uh, terminal diseases, <laughs> mm -hmm. sexually transmitted or otherwise. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I mean, I just, I just wanted him out. The top prosecutor, Jimmy Richardson from the 15th circuit recalls how Angel came in to speak to law enforcement after a tip from one of Moody's own daughters. What? started all of this is that Angel came out, called over to uh, Ray's uh, boyfriend's house where Ray was staying and said, Ray has killed this girl. Um, we're all going to be in trouble for what Ray has done. Ernie called Ray's children who lived in Florida and uh, told them Basically what Angel had told him, hearsay on hearsay. Meanwhile, Brittany's own mother is on TV. It's been two years since her daughter disappeared. Here's Dawn on April 25th, 2011. We're not going to give up. We're not going to stop looking for her. We're here. You're going to see us on the news until Brittany's found. The day after Dawn makes that public plea 
Angel Voss, Ray Moody's girlfriend, is brought in for questioning. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What you're going to hear next is a conversation between Angel Voss and investigators. It's bad, really bad. And you know what's even harder to understand? This interview took place 11 years ago. Now, our sled captain, Ken McKenzie, he's just beyond the double mirrors of the interrogation room, listening in horror. No, while we I'm here for a bench warrant. Well, yeah, well, that's what that was. That's, well, but that's what I want to talk to you about is something else. Okay. And a lot more dear to my heart and a lot more sensitive than bench Angel's wearing a pair of white shorts and a red shirt. She has blonde hair that's pulled back in a ponytail and a phone clipped onto her waist. She looks middle-aged. She settles in for what will be a one-hour and 40-minute interview with police about her boyfriend, Ray Moody, and their twisted and dark relationship. You date Raymond Moody, correct? Yeah. All right. How long have you two y'all been there? Uh, on and off for about three years. Well, let me tell you, what I'm about to start, I'm going to tell you stuff about Raymond. Okay. You may or may not know. The detectives share Ray's California case file with Angel. In early 80s, he was arrested for uh, kidnapping, sodomizing, raping, Seven different young girls in California. One at age of nine, the other at age of 18. Angel just shakes her head in disbelief with a hand on her hip. March 30th, 1983, a youth, 17 years old, breaker at knife point. January 29, 1983, another female, uh, age eight, walking down the street, sodomized. June 2nd, 1982, a uh, female, age 10, abducted her, sodomized her. August 1st, 1982, female, 19 years old, followed her to her house, her and another girl. Forcefully entered the residence, break the victim in the bedroom. She puts her hand on her neck. But I'm telling you that for a reason. It goes on. He was eventually caught. He comes back here after he got out of prison. It's starting again. Angel's listening with her arms crossed now. What? Yeah, that's starting again? 
This stuff is starting again. There's some behavior that's going on, and I think you've seen it. You've noticed it. More than likely, he's, um, he's getting missing late at night. He's either leaving the house or leaving. Uh, there's some stuff that he's keeping from you, where he's been, what he's doing. Angel nods yes. What else I'm about to tell you, I'm concerned about you. I feel like he's probably, I feel like he is doing these same acts upon you to try to fulfill that urge. Sometimes he's even, he's probably, he has gotten rough with you, it's gotten bad, I'm scared for you. Now she's crying. Something has happened, and, I, and I'm, I hope I'm wrong, I'm just, I've been doing this a long time. I want you to talk to him. You scared of him? Now, is anything I've said that his behavior is that on the money? Angel nods yes again. Yeah, he's disappeared a few times. He's also, he's even going so far as to ride around town naked in his vehicle. Well, I don't know any of that, but I know he does disappear sometimes. There's a lot of stuff that he's doing that we know, and, we, and I think that you can help us out with this stuff. Well, I know you can. What? I mean, I don't know where he goes. I mean, I just I woke up a couple of times and he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, I mean, he gets a little rough with me, but... Mm-hmm. He's, see, he has these, these things that he does that are uncontrollable. Is, I mean, he can't, honestly, he can't control them. Because he didn't get the help that he needed when he was in California. The investigators are referring to Ray's two-decade stint in the California State Prison. We're not trying to crucify him. I, I don't want this to happen to someone else. I don't know if you have children. Yes, I have. I had three children. One of them died in a car accident. I'm 16, but I, I still have children. So we don't want this to happen again. No, I don't want to happen to anybody. It's already happened. It's already happened. This, the cycle is starting again. This, you seeing what his wife saw when she was married to him when they was in California. I just the mission at night. The, yeah. the physical, sexual action yeah, he wants yeah. to do. Uh, chances are he's probably even t- telling you about things, dreams or things he wants to do. Angel nods her head and 17 minutes into the interview, they drop Brittany Drexel's name. One thing in particular is this, Brittany Drexel. She nods. April 25th. Uh-huh. 2009. Okay. I mean, I can, I, to be honest, I can't tell you where I was two weeks ago or really where he was. Like I said, you got wake up sometimes he's not there. And he'll tell me he couldn't sleep. He was just went for a ride. Can he ever tell you anything about Brittany? Have you ever mentioned her name? No. Only thing, I mean, when I woke up that night, and I, I mean, I can't even say it was in that time frame because I really don't know. Right. But I woke up, he wasn't there. He came back, I'm going to say, about 7 o'clock. And I asked him, where the hell have you been? And he said, oh, I just woke up and couldn't sleep, so I went for a ride and stopped somewhere and had coffee and stuff. I mean, that's what he said. But, I mean, I can't tell you that's not what he did. I can't tell you that is what he did, because I don't know. The detectives circle back to the phone call Angel made to Ernie, the call that Ernie relayed to Ray's daughter. A time, like, back in January of this year. Uh-huh. Would you have been drinking then? Oh, sure. I would. Angel tells the investigators she's sober now, but she had been drinking heavily during that call. When you called her, Ray was there. Mm-hmm. I know you, obviously, you said you drank in the pills. Oh, yeah. 
But that's some pretty wild stuff you were saying. Ruth Schwab said, I don't, I don't really know because I was drinking and eating pills. I don't know what I said. I don't remember. I told you that you made the comment that Raymond had told you something about being responsible for that disappearance of that young girl. What I remember saying it, no, to be honest with you, I wouldn't remember saying it. Has he ever said her name? Yes. Yeah. Can I tell you what I think? Huh? I think, um, obviously, you've had your trials and tribulations oh. in your life, and you oh. overcame. I think um, you've been expecting this day to come for us to come talk to you. Mm -hmm. really and I think you've been expecting that because you know it ain't right. None of it's right. You know, we, we, we know about the phone call. Mm -hmm. We know about the kidnapping rape fantasies. Yeah. Okay. We know about that stuff. Okay. I understand you're probably scared of it. Okay. You got reason to be. But point is, is Raymond is set by his own mission. By, by Californians, doctors, they say he's sick and they need help. They tell the kids. Why would they let somebody out if they knew they were that sick? I don't know, but I'm just telling you. They say it, he didn't get the help. Okay? He said he has these urges. That he will never quit. Do you remember making a statement that you can't live knowing what he's done? Not knowing what he's done? No. I, I mean, I don't remember making that statement. I don't remember saying. Why would you say that? Because he said things. Okay, what does he say? Well, he said, told me one time when I threatened to leave that he didn't want me to end up like that girl with the beach with. Did you just hear that? Angel says in the interview, Ray threatens her that she could end up the same way the girl at the beach did. Y'all disappeared and never find me. Okay. I got children. I don't want this figure to never be family. I don't want you to be disappearing, okay? She's crying again. Ten minutes later. Do you think you could be responsible for Brittany Drexel's disappearance? I think you could be responsible for anybody's disappearance. Angel says Ray would leave in an agitated state and then come back almost relieved. Well, let me ask you again. What do you think he's done? What do I think he's done? Mm -hmm. Honestly. I think he's probably done something, but to who and where, I mean, I, I wouldn't know. But no, I think he has something. Sometimes he'll leave the house in a very agitated, glared look in his eyes. And when he comes back, he's gone. So I know he's had sex, but I don't know whether he had it with the guy, with the girl, with the teenager, with, I don't know. But you can tell it's almost like He's had a relief. And when he has that relief, sometimes he's okay for a while. But it's like you notice when he starts getting, you know, like wound up, anxious, anxiety, can't be still, gotta constantly be moving, just go, 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 can't be in the house. What do you do when you go go? What do I do? I'm usually go to my mother or something. By the way, much later on, Ernie would use those same words to describe Bray's demeanor when he was still living with Ernie in Georgetown. He was just so frantic all the time. There was just this 
uh, you could just see the something in his face and his eyes where he was just you know on this mission you know mm -hmm. like high anxiety type um, yeah like a high anxiety but also just this determination to do everything he never got to do okay because he was in prison for 20 in under supervision for 25 right. years mm -hmm. and I was just like you need to go and then about an hour later into the interview Angel shares with detectives Ray's sick fantasy tell me about these things he says to you about down here you say He's talked about dreams of snatching people off the street. Oh, yeah. He always what dreams of stuff like that. Uh, taking them into the woods, having his way with them, you know, for hours. He's even talked about finding them and trying to keep them hid for days so he can have his sexual pleasure with them and then get rid of them. I mean, it, it's a various amount of things. And then he talks about when he's angry. Things about, like I said, he, he said he'd like to hang them from a tree and split their guts wide open and watch the blood run out of them. And then he says, you know, I'll lay a butter let it run all over me because I don't care. The detective lets the other shoe drop on Angel. He tells her about the cell phone ping from Brittany's phone. It pinged close to Ray's apartment at the time. Just so you know, that young girl's phone pinged right now from where Raymond's house was living. Where he was living at the summer. Right where? The Sunset Lodge. Uh -huh. Her phone ping right down from there. Okay. Her phone, her cell phone, it, it got a signal right there. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. Here's Ken again. We interviewed her pretty extensively and ended up putting her in, in our car. And traveling to Myrtle Beach and uh, we wanted her to point out everywhere they'd ever stayed in Myrtle Beach so we could go back and, you know, obtain records. She was actually a nervous wreck in the, in, the, in the car. Looking around, she was very paranoid. Very paranoid. And I, I don't know if she was looking for, for Ray to see if he was following us or what, but she was very nervous. After hearing these terrifying stories from Angel, the case against Ray was an all-out war for these investigators. So we began to focus on him and uh, threw everything at him we could, uh, I mean, investigative-wise, and uh, getting all kinds of records, uh, you know, cell phone records, credit card records, uh, where he's been living, what he's been doing, who he's been associating with, um, anything we could, we could come up with as far as investigating an individual in that capacity. And uh, it was very disturbing criminal history. At this point, investigators knew where Ray and Angel were the night Brittany disappeared. When he was in Myrtle Beach with Angel, you got credit card that he was eating dinner at five o'clock. Do you know where he was headed or what he was doing in Myrtle Beach that night besides possibly looking for someone like Brittany? No, all we could do is assume he was uh... When we got that information at that time, that they'd eaten at that uh, restaurant, we, we assumed he was on the way up there. And there was another uh, place that he, he and she visited quite frequently um, that was near the back gate of the old Air Force Base. Uh, they spent a lot of time there as well. Um, so, so we knew that. And uh, it was a uh, 
What's that? It was an adult. It was an adult uh, rated sex sex store kind of. That's what it was. Ken says they got a search warrant and headed over to where Moody was living when Brittany disappeared. His apartment at the Sunset Lodge, just south of Georgetown. Myrtle Beach police say they got a tip that a person of interest in the Brittany Drexel case may have stayed here at the Sunset Lodge Motel around the time she disappeared in 2009. So we found that we, and we found that out, you know, early on after we developed him as a suspect, and we, of course, we uh, got a search warrant um, and I called down a full forensic team as well to uh, conduct a thorough, thorough search of, of uh, that motel room he was in. And did you find anything? No, we did not. And that bad news was relayed to Brittany's parents in Chai Lai. That was squashed a month later because they didn't have any hard evidence. You only had Brittany's information. You didn't have where Angel and Ray were back then. Not where they were. We had their beginning and terminating phone calls to each other or to whoever they called. Um, but we did not have we did not have the towers they were pinging off of the cell phone towers, okay. where we could put a specific location on them. But Ray Moody, who talked to Moody? They tried to catch him one day when he came to check into the sex offender's office. Ray was very paranoid. He, when it was time for him to report to the sex offender uh, uh, lady in Georgetown, he he would not even come to the office. He, he would park a half a mile down the road or whatever from the office. He wouldn't even come into the office. And, and that was on one occasion we actually called him in the office and approached him and asked him to talk to us. And uh, he said, I'm not going to talk to you. He said, you're smart investigators. You figure it out. And that was, that was the last he ever, the last conversation we ever actually had with him. Um, he was He was very, very paranoid. I asked the solicitor, Richardson, his recollection of that confrontation. The police did try to talk with Moody, and Moody told them uh, to pound sand. Moody said, you know it all, you don't need me. I'm not helping you. you got, he's got a Fifth Amendment right not to incriminate himself. And um, he enjoyed that, and he told them, you know, I'm not helping. If you think you know all the answers, you don't need me. But Ken says he fought hard to keep Moody in the bullseye. Who his associates with, which there were not very, very, very few, um, except for Angel and, and a, a former individual that he, he was in prison with. Um, there were very few uh, people to talk to about him, unless we ended up with some records somewhere where he was or whatever, and we'd go there and say, hey, have you seen him? But, you know, we, we ended, up, ended up putting a tracker on his car for quite a while to see where he was going. And, uh, you know, of course, everywhere he went, uh, we followed up and went there and looked and looked. And, uh, and I think he, 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 was, he suspected we had a tracker on his car. And without interviewing Ray Moody, without evidence directly tying Moody to Brittany's disappearance. The first that I remember uh, actually came to us first. Solicitor Richardson remembers this was somewhere around 2015 and the feds stepped in. We were preparing a trial in Georgetown. It was a murder trial. I don't remember the name of the trial, but um, a federal inmate 
had uh, given information on that trial. Uh, the prosecutors down there said, uh, okay, um, thank you for your help. We will um, investigate further. And the inmate, federal inmate said, well, do you want to know information on Brittany Drexel? And that guy was saying that Timothy Taylor had done it. Timothy Deshaun Taylor, 16 years old at the time of Brittany's disappearance. His name, that's right, the son of Sean Taylor, who had been falsely accused of trying to snatch Randa Massey. A similar crime a year later on the spot that Brittany disappeared. And his uncle, Sean Taylor's brother, Randall Taylor, was accused of abducting and killing a young woman, Shannon McConaughey, in 1998. Those charges dropped for lack of evidence. And now, young Tim Taylor was being accused of the same type of crime. Timothy Deshaun Taylor is no longer walking the streets. Kidnapping, human trafficking, and murder. Those were the words of a U.S. attorney accusing Timothy Deshaun Taylor of being involved in the Brittany Drexel case. His story now infamously linked to a young girl, Brittany Drexel, who never made it home. The FBI believes the publicity around Drexel was too much. They say another informant heard the men dumped her body in a gator pit. We believe she traveled to this area around McClellanville. We think she was held here against her will, at least for a, a portion of the time that she was here. And we believe she was killed after that. Coming up on Finding Brittany Drexel, for the first time in this exclusive interview, what happened to Timothy Taylor in his own words? They showed up to arrest me. I asked them, you know, like, what was I being charged with or why am I being arrested? And the first thing that they said was murder. And a mother's plea that was finally heard. We lost livelihood, we lost income, I lost my job. We're living in this condition because of them and there's nothing for them to apologize for. They blasted us all over the world and you just don't do that to somebody and walk away. As a mom, I couldn't provide for my kids. Unsolved South Carolina Finding Brittany Drexel is a production of WCIV-TV ABC News 4. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help us reach more people by giving us a positive rating and leaving a review. For more on the Drexel case, visit abcnews4.com slash Drexel. For show updates and exclusive extras, follow Unsolved South Carolina on social media at Unsolved SC Pod. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. 
New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500.